Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by the Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. The Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Luke Hancock. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis here, Luke Hancock. We've talked a little bit about the fact that Louisville is going to have a team in the uh, the TBT uh, tournament there. We had kind of a close call with this, a couple, what, two years ago, Luke, right? Is that yes, right? sir. Keith Otto two and years I. Ago? Yeah. And now uh, it is going to get done. Uh, it's going to happen. Uh, and one of the guys who's going to be involved in that is going to join us here now, and that is Mark Lieberman. I know you've heard him uh, on with, uh, with Bob uh, a lot. Uh, and he's going to be intimately uh, involved in this here. Mark, we appreciate you making time for us, man. How you doing? Absolutely. Good to, uh, good to be on with you guys. First off, I would let the texters know to be leery, because Luke is a little bit like Liam Neeson. He's, he's intaken. He's got a special set of skills. So everybody out there, <laughs> be a little careful. <laughs> Start finding out where people live. No, I uh, – you know we had to bring in the heavy hitter, Mark Lieberman, to uh, – try and get it get us across the finish line to make this tbt operation happen but mark why don't you just talk about kind of how you got brought into the fold here how this came to fruition and then kind of where things are at in terms of creating some buzz around the louisville tbt team sure um i had been involved with a team about four years ago and just thought it was really special and i i, I had talked to a bunch of people previously about it i knew you were trying to get it going and Really, it just came to fruition uh, this summer. Uh, you were a huge part of it, obviously, and to bring you in was it was something that was for us um, non-negotiable as well. And so, speaking to people around town, and obviously we had a guy named uh, Rick Avar who's who's involved as well, and his son will be playing on the team. We had meetings with Dan Friel from the TBT. Uh, we met with guys when they were in town, from Peyton to Kyle to Stephen Enoch, to Russ, and we met with all those guys, and, and they were on board if we did it right. And what's really important for those guys is no half measures. They wanted to have a team that was put together the right, right way, that was going to play hard, that was uh, invested in winning, which is a huge part of it as well. Those guys were all competitive. They want to win. And to bring excitement to this town, they've all experienced so much joy here, and they want to bring that back. Regardless of what was going on with Louisville basketball, this is just something for them to reignite everything that they've experienced in the past. And I think this, the group that we put together gives us a, a great chance to be competitive and, and win it. What, what, are, what are the like the limitations or the guidelines or whatever requirements in terms of the, like the Louisville-ness of the roster? What do you have to have and what are you going for there to make this a Louisville team? Obviously, it's a Louisville team, so we want to have a Louisville base. We're going to have some players who are who are not who do not play at Louisville, but are involved with the state and are and involved with uh, teams that were um, around here. And we're 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 finalizing some stuff with, with some of those players, and I'm sure Luke can touch on that as well. But it's obviously having the core group and just building around it because obviously there's some great guys in the past, but whether they're still playing professionally, whether they've had injuries or whatnot, you can't bring everybody back. So we just try to give guys an opportunity that have played here before and obviously guys who who just want to compete and are either 
Kentucky natives or, or just played in schools around here. So there's really, from a TBT standpoint, it's there's no um, rules in place saying you can't have players that didn't play at Louisville. So we want to have a construct of the roster that was really Louisville-based, but obviously add pieces that can help us uh, win a championship as well. Yeah, I would just follow up and just say that the core is certainly going to be Louisville alum, but that wasn't like strict criteria for us. So we could certainly have guys from other teams. And um, we wanted to form something that people were excited about that would raise the energy and the, the enthusiasm around uh, this community and uh, and also wanted to make sure guys uh, fit the, the style that uh, Coach Lieberman's going to run. I'm sure he can talk about that. I don't know if your style changed having your previous experiences with the TBT. I know you've done a lot of research, but like we talk and you're going to be in the, I guess you would be the Richard Patino press, or are we going to be in the uh, Jim Beheim 2-3 zone? What uh, just expectations in style of play bringing so many different guys together that are at least currently playing very different styles of basketball? And that's the thing. When you have pro guys, they, they are IQ. Luke and I were just talking about this earlier. Guys get so much better just from a mental standpoint as they get older. So a lot of these guys, they, they get it. So whatever fits our team, and we want to play fast, and the way the TBT is, is kind of formed, it, it really it allows physical play. They don't want to call a lot of fouls, but there are college officials. So it's college officials refing the game, but they understand they don't want to be ticky-tack with certain things. So you can be physical, so you need to have that kind of mindset as well. But obviously, we're still going to play the way that I've always believed in. That's one of the reasons Coach Patino and I, um, when he hired me, uh, I had a similar type of style as far as getting after defensively, playing fast. And in the TBT, we're going to fit a style that that fits us. And and obviously pressing with the guys that we have, we'll do some of that. And if we have to fall back and, and sometimes play a matchup and disguise some things, we'll do that as well. A great thing, which I'm super excited about, Luke and I have talked about as well, is that we're going to bring these guys in early July, and we're planning a lot of events for the fans, for the community to come out to, to meet the players, to just relish in some of the past success that they've had. So they'll get a chance to see, see that, but it also twofold it gives us a chance to really work with these guys because a lot of TV teams don't get to do that, and they're spread out. But we're planning on having about two to three weeks before we even play our first game, and we've talked about July 4th or July 5th for these guys to come in and really work with them, do events, have the fans come out to practices and whatever whatever uh, great things that we have planned upcoming. But it's a great opportunity for us to watch film with these guys, to put, to implement whatever style we're going to do, but it's going to be based on stuff that they've played in the past. Can either of you or both of you confirm or deny that <laughs> in, this, in this process there will be treadmills? Well, you say, I, can, I can either confirm nor deny that there will be treadmills, but I think Coach Patino <laughs> liked my practices because I sent our players out running in the rain, and I think he said this is my kind of guy. So um, at the high school level, it's tough to get treadmills into practice, but um, we're, we're actually having a meeting with University of Louisville coming up, and, and they've been uh, outstanding um, as, as far as support with us, and they're going to be involved with uh, how this whole thing is going to matriculate and um, we're hoping to use their facilities and, and whatnot. So we're just excited about all that. It's going to be great for the town. It's going to be great for the city. Uh, it's going to be great for the state. And they're already talking about uh, getting a Kentucky team, an Indiana team, and so on in the future. So uh, I think the future for TBT in Louisville is bright. Coach, I got to work out with you a couple weeks ago on the court, and I just uh, wanted you to let everybody know how great I was out there and that, um, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't play uh, in the TBT tournament, but uh, that I did great. Well, I, I'm going to interrupt you here, Luke, but uh, I've texted you about four times to get another workout in, and it's been cricket since then. So I used to be able to practice. I told the guys in here, I used to be able to practice for like four hours. didn't matter what I did the night before, and I think I lasted about 19 minutes in that, that workout this last go-round. So we're going to well, you worked out. Yeah, you worked out at Collegiate, and you did great for the first 19 minutes. And then when all the kids left – you absolutely almost collapsed in the gym, but you did great for those 19 minutes. Lights were on, man. That's when you got to come a lot. Mark, do you That's ever find yourself uh, in coaching, you know, in any uh, environment or in any capacity, do you ever find yourself just like, oh, crap, I sound just like Patino? 
you know, uh, um, there are times, and I'll tell you what, growing up, um, I always emulated him, and and uh, he was a guy I looked up to and tried to base my philosophy on, and of course, you always have to be yourself, you have to find your own footing, you have to have your own identity, but you, you always piece together things that you believe and so on, and there are times I'm standing there, and I just scream, shooter, or my hands are held a certain way, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's definitely Coach Pete. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Coach, one more before we let you go here. Um, in terms of the hype you're building with this, I know uh, the social media accounts for the team have kind of been uh, preaching about the um, the contest. You want to fill everybody in on, on the contest, trying to get a name together by Friday, right? Sure. Well, it takes a village, and you mentioned Keith Otto earlier. We've got so many great people involved with this. Obviously, it starts with you, and it just it filters down to a lot of people, but we've got so many great people involved and there's so many big events that we're planning and we tease kind of where we're going to be playing. That's going to be announced next week. We've got a bunch of stuff out. Um, but right now we don't have a team name and uh, we mentioned we're meeting with the university of Louisville this week, but as of now we don't have a team name. And so we'd love people to go to the Twitter account, the Instagram account, uh, TikTok. Um, and go to all those sites, and the name that we pick is going to have, we're going to have special gifts and prizes for whoever the, uh, the winner of the, the name for this team is. I think you were voting for, what was it? Uh, Three-time champs was, was my favorite, but it, whoever gets picked, you got access to a lot of, lot of fun stuff and bringing the crew back together, having pros in the gym again. It's going to be all great things. I, I'm very excited. Uh, I will admit that I, I wrote off the TBT, and, and they were dead to me for a while um, after my last experience, but excited that you uh, got everything fired up and rolling, you and, and a lot of others, but um, excited that you're, you're you know, riding the ship and you're going to be steering this thing because I, I really feel good about the, uh, the guys that we've put together. We're going to keep releasing things in the next few weeks, more information, uh, have our venue uh, locked down here real soon. So anything else you want to hit on, um, Coach, and, and then uh, we'll let you go, man. We appreciate your time very much. No, it's great. I, I can't tell you how excited I am, Mark. Thanks for having me on. But uh, we'll talk about it as the weeks go on, and the games will – everything will be played here. We know the region will be played in Louisville. We're just working on a few details right now. But those guys will be here. It'll be in July for just about the whole month. And, I, I, honestly, I'm just super excited. Every day uh, it's growing, and it's we're just getting – we're getting so much feedback from so many people, so I, I just I'm super excited that you're involved and all the people that we have coming back. It's going to be a blast. Mark Lieberman, man, uh, tell folks uh, both of you guys just tell folks one more time before we let you go here. Where can they go if they want to participate in any way, support you guys, whatever it might be? Where can they go just to find out some more information about how they can support you guys? That, that's why we hired a social media guy too, as well, to go. direct all this because that's not my wheelhouse, but. Um, I don't know if you have it in front of you, Luke, but maybe you can mention it on the on the next break or whatnot. But I know there's a Twitter account, I know there's an Instagram account, and I know there's a Twitter uh, a TikTok account. And obviously, send in your your suggestions for the team name. And uh, like I said, we're we're gonna pick a uh, the winner. Uh, is gonna have a, a bunch of access to all the events, and maybe he'll even get to join me in in a workout with Luke Hancock. That's gonna last more than 19 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the easy way to get to it uh, on my Twitter, Luke Skywalker Eleven, with no spaces, no underscores, anything like that. Um, I, I'm going to retweet everything and, and be putting out content. But it's TBT underscore Louisville on Twitter. It's Louisville TBT on Instagram, and it's the same TBT underscore Louisville uh, on TikTok. Same same Twitter, same TikTok, a little bit different Instagram. But we'll be retweeting and posting. Uh, Peyton Siva put a video out for us a couple days ago. Uh, really excited to, about getting back and interacting with fans and, and playing in front of fans. So we're excited. I think we're putting together a really good group uh, of people first. And then, uh, you know, watching the guys that have won it over the years, it's never been the most talented team that's won it. And, and Mark will correct me if I'm wrong. It's more the most together group that plays the hardest and is all on the same page. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's never the best players that make the best team. It's the best team that makes the best team. And the fact that we have some continuity, we have guys that know each other and enjoy playing with each other. And the team that went out last year, basically a team out of 
upstate New York, the Buffalo team. I mean, they just they just got after it, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to play extremely hard. Fans are going to love the style, and uh, it, it says something that we get all these guys back here, and they care so much about the brand and the product that, that this town is known for, and it's going to be truly exciting, and they're definitely going to play hard and represent the city well. Mark Lieberman, thank you so much uh, for joining us, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, guys. All right. Mark Lieberman, good stuff uh, from him. He's got a lot of those coaching lines, too. Players don't make the best team. The best team makes the best team. I mean, he's got a million of those things. But I'm excited for Coach. Um, like I said, there's there's guys coming back that are great people first, and uh, they're going to be great teammates, and that's how you start to build a, a good team. So uh, I'm really excited. These guys are playing kind of all over the world right now. Uh, so to get them to come back and commit to this and everybody be as excited to really go after it and try and win it, not just to be a part of it, um, has really gotten me pumped up. Can I suggest, since the team, you know, you're, you're going for a, a Louisville team. If it's a trap door, we're not doing it, dude. No, damn it. All right. Well, all right, well in that case, uh, how about um, power forward slash center Mackay Becton? What about that? If he wants to be a part of it, he's in. I would love that. You know, I could see him being a little DJ Burns out there, just an, an immovable object. But with these dancing shoes on, big big guy with some some quick feet down there, some great footwork like those offensive linemen have, I bet he would work out on the block. I would love that. Absolutely. You think he'd help with physicality in practice? Oh, I think it would be fantastic. If he's in, he's in. Twitter, yeah, do your so thing. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Whatever we got to do, let's do it. Yeah, I I do think you got some uh, some traction with your trap door idea. Actually, somebody said that's clown stuff, but you know. Of course. It's, it could be like a, somebody recommended doing basically a Hunger Games where you got, you got one job to do out there. All right, you can't turn the ball over. And as soon as you do, you just get picked off. And you just come out of the game, you walk straight to the locker room, and we'll see you later. So we're going to finish the game with no one on the court? That's, you know, could be. It could be. And that's how it goes sometimes. That's what we want. We want Kenny Payne to say, my team is on the floor. Yeah. Right? With like three guys out there to finish the game. Hey, let's try and prove a point. Let's do something a little different. I'm in. But you know what, Luke? I would, and I think fans would welcome, because it, because it's, it wouldn't, it hasn't up to this point, I guess at least, it hasn't made a difference in terms of like the outcome. You know, sometimes you, you see coaches that will endure players uh, and, and their mistakes or, or attitudes and such because they're winning or they they think they're not really far necessarily uh, from winning, but with with things going the way that they have gone, you know, this year, I I think fans would welcome a, an unorthodox lineup, some draconian kind of uh, measures as far as like dealing with uh, players who commit turnovers and that sort of thing. Like if the first guy that dribbles it off his foot out of bounds just never came back in the game, I think people would love that. Man, you're gonna rock the whole game without L, huh? I think that's going to be really, really <laughs> tough to do. Um, you know, there's such that fine line between, you know, letting guys play with a certain level of freedom and then holding them accountable for some of these mistakes. And I think, you know, getting to this point, you got one point guard, you really got one shooting guard. Like you're, you're just going down the list, and there's just not depth there to allow you to bring other guys in. And you know that that's just really tough to navigate. They don't even have a guy who just says, hey, I'm going to go out here. I don't have to score a ton of points. I don't have to make a ton of things happen. I'm just going to be solid. If I was one of these guards that's not getting a lot of minutes, I would go in every practice and think i got to play as hard as I can on the defensive end, and then i just got to be solid out there. You know, Get the ball to your playmakers and don't turn it over. And I think they'd have, they'd have more minutes out there. So... I don't know. Um, it's it's really tough for KP right now. You know, I feel for him. Um, you know, people are going to say, "Ah, oh, you shouldn't feel bad for a guy making that amount of money." Nobody wants to be two and nineteen. Um, I go to practice. I see the effort. I see that he's trying, and it's just not not getting through. So, to your point, to your question, I would be all about some some changes and trying to hold guys accountable, even if it seems a little funky right now. Like I don't know, bringing a guy in halfway through the season and letting him play you know, close to 20 minutes like they did with Okorafor. 
I guess that means it was a really good point. Yeah, good, made. Yeah, good point, Luke. But also breaking news. Uh, sorry to derail the conversation no, a little bit this. here. The Broncos and Sean Payton have ramped up talks, and the former Saints coach now appears to be the top target for the Denver Broncos. Wow. So that was that train wreck is uh, trying to go full circle here in the coaching change, huh? I'm a little I, shocked I, they pay that guy that much money, and it's everybody else's fault. Well, that's exactly right. And, I mean, I don't know how you watched this season and the the number of, like, Seahawks players who – you know, because, look, when it comes to, like, former players and, and, and current players and coaches and such, like, you very rarely get any – like, it's kind of a fraternity. Now, there'll be rivalry stuff, but, like, you'll bear, very rarely get anybody to to be ugly or, or petty or whatever about, you know, somebody with whom they, they had a lot of success over the years with, with Russell Wilson in, in Seattle – but you did get a ton of that of guys just basically being like, yeah, he was the problem, you know, like a lot. Yeah. Uh, from and I, and that surprised me. It really did. And so I am a little bit surprised that Sean Payton would even want to bother with with that. It seems like you're because you're stuck with him. That dude has an enormous contract. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, so it, it, that surprises me. But also, you know, the, the coaches like like great players. Uh, they all think they can do it. They all think they're going to be the ones who who can figure it out. Well, that's a fact. Um, and I think, you know, we were talking about Denver as a team that if you got your best from Wilson, you you know, they can certainly make a run. You know, they the had offense a was just horrible last year. I think part of it was Hackett. Part of it has to be Wilson's fault too. But no question. I mean, I, I like Sean Payne. That's a good hire, in my opinion. I think so too. Um, and and like we're kind of talking about here, when your locker room just gets beat down. And the narrative has just been so negative. You have to find ways to get guys fired up, refresh things, bring in new energy. You know, I, I can't imagine a better way to do it, especially as Mark alluded to. You've already spent the money on Wilson. You're not trading that guy away right now. So it's it's how do you just try and make his talents look better and better, and you bring in some fresh energy, and you try and pick things up. But I like the hire as well. I mean, look, they've got things to work with. And I think everyone recognizes like that the outcome there was not uh, anywhere close to like just the result of the assembled roster. You know, that was a mess uh, this year, but it seems like it was personality driven as much as anything else. Uh, and, and look, Sean Payton is certainly going to walk in there with a whole lot more credibility than Nathaniel Hackett did. Uh, he's going to walk in there with a whole lot more authority. I think he's going to walk in there with a whole lot more expertise and probably won't have to hire a when-should-I-take-a-timeouts coach three, three games into the year. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're spot on there. And a lot of these things we've kind of talked about with what great coaches do, and it equates to college basketball, college football, NFL. Like, you have to be confident in your game plan. And then you have to instill that confidence in your players. They have to know the work I'm putting in is going to be for something. You know, you're going to get to that finish line. You're going to get wins. You're going to be able to handle adversity. And he is a guy who, who's going to go in there with that confidence to put a game plan together. This is how we're going to win. Oh, I, yeah, he carries, I think, all manner of credibility that, that Hackett never did. Uh, and, and I will be fascinated to see if Hackett makes a difference at all with the Jets as they are or with the Jets in their pursuit of, of Aaron Rodgers. But it just goes to show, like, it's – it's funny what can happen in the league. Like I saw Vic Fangio just got hired to be the Dolphins defensive coordinator. And like, there seems to be certain guys in the NFL. Like once they're in, like you cannot get rid of them. Like they, they will always have work at a coordinator head coach. Like these guys just continue to get chance after chance after chance, no matter how good or bad they are. seems like. Yeah, certainly are those guys. Um, and then there are other guys in the league that, man, this guy's been around forever and had so much success as a coordinator. When is he going to get his chance? It's kind of interesting watching the uh, the games this weekend. I did get to talk to uh, Eric Wood a little bit watching one of the games uh, this past weekend. And speaking of coordinators or guys that are kind of up and coming, you know about the defensive coordinator with the Eagles? Yes, that is. Uh, we talked about this just a little bit yesterday, but okay. he was uh, – on the team with Biscuit when Biscuit was here, John that's, Gannon. That's right. Jonathan Gannon and, and E. Wood had incredibly positive things to say about him. Just the coolest cat, he said. And uh, he left 
um, after he became a graduate assist- graduate assistant when he played, and then went with Bobby Petrino as a, uh, a quality control coach, and then kind of moved around a little bit. Uh, defensive backs coach for the Colts from 18 to 20, and then now has been the DC for the Philadelphia Eagles. And what a season they're having! He says, no question, this guy will be a head coach within the next few years. But uh, really positive things to say about him and uh, his interaction with them, and just. He, he called him very smooth and one of the coolest cats you'll be around. Well, and I think that this Super Bowl provides a pretty fun contrast uh, in terms of the coaching matchup. Yeah. And I, you know, I will be fascinated to see, like, is this your proverbial, uh, this guy got here real fast and wasn't quite ready for it. And, and Andy Reid has, has coached two full Hall of Fame careers as a head coach. Uh, like it couldn't be any more of a like an experiential mismatch, but a lot of times, Luke, in matchups like that, the the, the younger, inexperienced guy doesn't even know what he doesn't know, and, and it it's sort of freeing to not to not have any of that on you and just be like, screw it, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. What else would I do? Uh, and they get they get their fair share of these matchups. Yeah, certainly. I mean. I think it's so interesting some of the the storylines and the way the league has transitioned over the years here like I mean it wasn't that long ago where I remember saying like you don't have a Manning or a Rodgers or a Brady you're just not going to win and thinking man you need an elite quarterback or you have no chance and then now all of a sudden how many guys let the before this past weekend were on rookie deals that were quarterbacks Right, obviously, yeah, yeah. Pat Mahomes is the big one who is on a massive deal. But Joe Burrow's on a rookie deal, and so is Hurts, Jalen Hurts, and then uh, you know Josh Allen's on a big deal, and, and Pat Mahomes is on a big deal. But you're seeing like Dan- ha- Daniel Jones was on the last year of his, yeah. But uh, but think about the Bengals, like you know, you've got right now you've got Jamar and you've got Joe Burrow. It's like how are you going to pay those guys, keep them together? and T. Higgins, and keep that train rolling. It's almost like young and hungry and, and interesting and dynamic is a way to win right now, and that's in, that's in steep contrast to thinking about you know uh, Peyton Manning and the Colts winning a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I, I, I think you're right, and I think the interesting thing you know, about that is that we saw the Chiefs, I think, make their first move this season to try and maintain this in the in the era of Mahomes' bigger giant deal. You know, because they like they they extended him with this historically big contract, but then they trade Tariq Hill, who's right. spectacular. And he was he was a revelation for Miami. So but financially they're like, we really can't afford both. We're gonna stick with the quarterback and here we it's a Juju Smith Schuster and uh, Valdez Scantling and Kadarius Tony when he's not injured are the wide receivers and the Chiefs don't miss a beat at all. So it's both of them sort of capitalizing on where they are in their respective kind of life cycles. Yeah, certainly. Certainly and and uh you know the the demeanors of Jalen Hurts versus Pat Mahomes and the dynamics with coaches, like you said, there's a lot of contrast there and just how they go about the game. This is going to be an all-time matchup. But to your point about Andy Reid and having so much experience in these big moments, I am a little shocked to see the line favoring – now it is a point and a half, but favoring the Eagles in this game. I'm not. Yeah? Uh, if only because the Eagles have been dem- – like they have been excellent all year outside of when Jalen Hurts was was kind of banged up. And they are even better at getting after the quarterback than than certainly the the uh, the Bengals are, and I th- I think that's what betters are looking at is if Mahomes is anything less than 100. percent I mean the Eagles have a very good chance of absolutely getting after you. Right. I I mean I do think you got another week to get better from that. They all came out and said nothing got worse in the game. To the point about like. When you have um, a cruise control win versus you have a battle and preparing you for the Super Bowl, you favor either of those teams because of the way the other game went. And, and we'll pretend that Pat Mahomes battled through that injury and he's going to be healthier. Maybe not 100%, but healthier in the Super Bowl. 
I mean, I, it's going to make the Eagles' job that much harder. Yeah, certainly. But at the same time, the, the Eagles are the first team uh, to allow seven points or less in their in in their first two playoff games since the Ravens in 2000, and that was a pretty good defense. That's a pretty yeah. good company to to, Stout. to be in, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so look, I think it's going to be an incredibly fun matchup. And there you go. Here's another. One. I mean, this is. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, extremely experienced guys who've done, you've been here multiple times over multiple years, and you got Gannon and Sirianni. They're young and uh, feisty, and all. Like I think it's it's a great, fun matchup filled with like a lot of potential storylines depending on how the game plays out. No outcome in this game would surprise me really. A blowout win for either team. I, I think this is going to be a great football game. I expect it to be really close. Uh, a blowout on either side. I would be totally shocked and uh, i know we got to get to a break right here but uh texter yeah. said the eagles offense is what the ravens should be around lamar and they're sick yeah. about it i'll tell you what's made me sick i've had this reoccurring nightmare that the ravens sign and trade lamar jackson and draft will levis i'm, I'm telling you nightmare stuff keep no. oh up. my no. gosh it's been don't, awful. don't speak that in existence. it has been awful man no, i'm telling you i mean, real quick on the eagles like they trade for aj brown a receiver who was you know, in looking for the second contract, and they build around him for the offense. Whereas, look, Lamar is like, nah, we don't need a receiver here. How you no, put Lamar, pieces? Lamar around. is that old video where the guy throws the ball way up in the air, and then he runs down full speed and <laughs> catches it. That's what the Ravens do. Yeah, uh, in Lamar we trust. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting how they try and build up around these quarterbacks, like we talked about, especially on their rookie deal. You know, everybody talked about uh, the Bengals just not having that offensive line and what they went through making their run last year. There's no way they can get to that Super Bowl game. And then what do they have to do this year? We'll just protect Joe Burrow. But he's so smart and has such a good handle on what they're doing out there. He he gets the ball out of his hands so fast. It's, again, interesting about how they put pieces around these quarterbacks. For Joe Burrow, you know, after watching them a little closer this season – it, I mean, you didn't need some kind of dominant offensive line because the guy is just so on point with where blitzes are coming from and how to take advantage. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll continue on here. We'll take your calls. Your text, Roddy Jones, going to join us at 5.15 uh, or so and talk about that schedule release uh, yesterday. Luke, I'm, I'm optimistic. We'll talk with Roddy about that uh, a little bit later on here as well. On the drive on Nintendoville. Right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, Come on, muscle through it. But then also say, Hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start, before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. Welcome back to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Luke Hancock. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Luke Hancock. Luke, earlier I had suggested, uh, as we troubleshoot, try to come up with our own homespun ideas on how to, uh, to rid this team of the turnover problem that it has had from day one here. I suggested a trap door that Im- that immediately shoots you into the transfer portal. Uh, a texter suggests into the UPS jobs text line, if you throw the ball into the stands, he should make you go sit where it landed. And I, I, I like that suggestion where basically LLs does the, the patented uh, third row pass and you LLs now sits in the third row. And I would add to that, the person who catches it gets to play. <laughs> like you switch places. Like dodgeball over here? Yeah. The, the yes. second part is a little tougher for me be, because, um, you know, I, I want to be guys like me catching it. Yeah, that might make it a little tougher out there on OKP. Would it, but, though? Uh, yeah, it would. Sorry. Imagine like Rondo in the stands for a game and he that just happens would, to catch it. Let's, let's make this strategic. Maybe this might work. This might be a strategy you could, hey, L. 
We don't want you to shave any points or anything, but if you hit Hakeem Olajuwon right there in the stands, well, you're going you're gonna to really help us out. No, and he also has to go get the ball, like the walk of shame. Nobody touch it. Wherever it lands, he's got to go over there and pick it up slowly. Everybody watches. And then we, we got to focus on these turnovers. We've got to make it a point these things are going the right direction. I still think it would be funnier if I had to go in the game than Rajon Rondo. And you you would want that, huh? You'd be ready to roll. No, no, I absolutely no. I'm not saying. Could you imagine if you knew that rule and everybody knew you were a Louisville fan and Rondo's sitting next to you and like the the guy who's not supposed to catch oh, the you're, you're like the home run ball out of bounds, yeah. like you're the guy who like pushes Rondo out of the way and grabs it, and you just get this roaring boo. In the Yum Center. I mean, I'm just visualizing this of, of you just knocking him out of the way and snagging this ball. I mean, like, suit me up. I'm ready. Yeah, I would did quickly before we go back to, to the phones and start things off with John. Did want to mention uh, the there is compensation involved in this uh, decision for Sean Payton to head to to Denver because he was still under contract, having retired, uh, and that Payton is going to Denver. Denver gets a third round pick from New Orleans and Sean Payton. New Orleans gets Denver's first round pick this year and their second round pick next year. Mm. So uh, some expensive. draft compensation there. But that has been successful in the past. You have the Bucks very famously traded for John Gruden and won a Super Bowl the very first year. So let's good, get uh, good pull there. Sorry about that. Let's get uh, back <laughs> to the phones here. And if you want to follow John, you can eighty one fifty ninety three nine. John, welcome into the drive on Thunder. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Doing good, eh? Uh, just curious, I'm I'm sure Jerome Tang has been brought up uh, on your show in the past couple weeks, but just curious at Luke's take, you know, you got very similar situation. A 20-year assistant um, inherited a team at Kansas State that I believe had a similar record to Louisville, 13-17-ish, um, something like that. Uh, and, you know, I'm hearing Kenny say, well, you know, I need to instill in the guys this, or I need them to see that. You know, why – why is Tang, you know, Tang's, uh, I don't know, 18 and 3, 18 and 4, top 10 in the country? You know, what, what, where's the, why is it such a drastic, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum when both of those guys really kind of fell into similar situations? Yeah. First off, I think you're um, going after or, or talking about a coach that's been incredible. I mean, what Jerome Tang has done, I, I'm so impressed with. They're sitting at 18 and 3. And, you know, two years ago, that was an absolutely abysmal team and even picked the bottom of the Big 12 this year. And so he has overachieved expectations. I thought the article that Mark referenced earlier, he, he put me on it today. It was awesome. It was awesome to see. You know, when I think about how that team is constructed, they, they had a little more time to go hit the portal. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not giving Kenny Payne anything here. You know, he, he, I think he thought of his roster a different way than what has come to fruition. And so if he could go back, probably does things different. But I do think Jerome went out to the portal and had huge success. Like yeah, Mark, that kid from Florida has been a stud. And, and what do you know when you go get that transfer in particular? Talking about Keontae George, the, the player from Florida who collapsed on the court. He hasn't played college basketball for two years. And so to, to think he's going to come back, I know he, he, was, he was highly, highly touted and great in the SEC, but health-wise, you don't really know what you're going to get there. And then Newell, the, the point guard, I mean, has been an absolute bucket. He's been incredible. Their two guard is awesome. And they're all transfers. They're kind of all pieced together. So, you know, to me, um, he caught lightning in a bottle. I don't know how he's going to continue with this level of, of performance because, you know, they're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. But He's hit the portal and he's done incredibly well. You know, Desi Sills and even David Gasson is from Virginia Tech, who I've seen the last few years in the ACC, has been a great role player for them. But he went out in the portal and he got his guys to play tough and together basketball in the best conference in basketball this year. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's just frustrating because I just see a lot of similarities in both of those guys' situations. And <laughs> obviously, Kansas State uh, is you know, in a much better spot than we are. But I appreciate yeah. the call, fellas. Yep. Thank you for Thank the call. You. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. A similar spot, but there are also some some key differences, right? Like, you know, Louisville being on um, on ice, I'll say, with the IARP is a tough spot. 
And I think the message that you've heard from KP throughout is that he's going to try to be truthful with these kids. And so before all that got behind him, I can imagine every parent, every player, especially every transfer player, every transfer portal guy, I guess, is going to say, am I going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament? And KP would have to respond with, I don't know. I don't know. If, if he's been consistent with not lying to any of these kids, which is a narrative we've heard over and over again, especially on his show yesterday when Paul Rogers was asking some of those pointed questions, you know, I, I don't necessarily blame him for that. And then the timing of everything, when it gets behind U of L, there, there isn't a whole lot of, of runway there for him to make some big changes and bring guys in. So, you know, I get it. I'm, I'm leaning uh, a little favorably towards KP, especially when you, you compare him to Jerome Tang because they are in different worlds right now in terms of where their teams are. But, you know, I think it also shows you can hit the transfer portal and revamp a team very quickly. And so, you know, you're hoping that year two, KP and the uh, narrative that he put out yesterday when Paul asked those questions about recruiting, you hope that's true, that it's not quite as impactful as even I've said for the last few weeks about why I transfer. Well, I want to win a national championship and I want the best education possible and or. And so, you know, do guys think after, let's say they end with winning two games, that they're going to turn around and win a national championship? You hope KP is right with what he said. And these kids are are concerned with other things. They want to play. They want NIL. They want a spot where they, they feel loved. So you hope he's right there. In that article in The Athletic, uh, C.J. Moore with The Athletic was basically embedded with Kansas State for a couple of days and did a lot of you know, behind-the-scenes observing and made uh, talked to a lot of the players and coaches, assistant coaches, people around Jerome Tang. Uh, I think Jerome Tang had – none of this is to be taken as a like an excusing of, of Kenny Payne. I think Kenny Payne's done a bad job this year. So none of this is that. I don't think he's done a good job at all. Uh, and Jerome Tang has. Jerome was in basketball on a great staff. And, and I think on a great staff that – does a better job preparing coaches to go be coaches than Calipari's does. Uh, he went straight from that staff to like, there was a lot of legwork and groundwork, I think in terms of familiarity with an access to players who could help him right now than Kenny had. Uh, and he has taken advantage of that. But even in that article, Luke, it's, he says, and the players all say when he recruited us, we didn't talk about making the tournament. None of us thought we could make the tournament. We just wanted to find some way that we could play like high-level basketball and show what we were made of, and and we, maybe we'll make the NIT. And then now here they are. They're obviously you know one of the better teams uh, in the country. Where I think Jerome Tang difference uh, is most different differentiates himself from Kenny in a way that would help Kenny if there was a little more of this. There's a lot of explicit talk about whatever the issues are. It's like. He, he takes a lot more responsibility. And there was a great uh, clip that was uh, included in the article, and somebody tweeted this, where they you know, they fell behind Oklahoma State, kind of a run. And you see Jerome Tang on the bench basically kind of chewing out his own assistance. And then he stands up and starts talking to the players. And I do think that some of that would play way better with fans because even if it's 100% true, Luke, that the – the proper uh, distribution of blame for everything that's gone on is 100 players and coaches zero, which is not true. But even if it was, you know, true, would like to feel like the coaches and Kenny himself more explicitly, more often, sort of talked about it, it ultimately being their responsibility for things to be better than they are. It just seems like there is a lot of, I'm telling these guys and they're just not doing it. That gets old. Oh, it gets old quick. It gets so quick. I'm I'm 100% with you. Like I don't think anybody's going to look at, you know, the product and say, ah, job well done. You know, it, it's not your fault at this point. Now you can have a, a rough season, you can underachieve to some level, but this this is, you know, hu- this is this is historically bad, right? So, you know, you got to look at KP and think, man, what could he have done better? This isn't it. And then it's about what are you going to do to fix it? And that's why I keep saying, I know. People have hit me up all on the text line today. I'm sure people are getting tired of me saying this. But to me, the, the test for him, how do you revamp these guys at the end of the season? And I want to make a point because I appreciate the caller bringing up uh, Jerome Tang 
and the job that he's done. But when you want to talk about, you know, number one, impactful transfers. I, I said I went to watch Memphis on Thursday last week. They played SMU at Memphis. And I got to spend time with with my college roommate who's on staff there talking about, you know, why is your team playing well? There's not as much talent on this roster as you've had in the past. You know, you think about James Wiseman and Jalen Duran. They've, they've had, you know, Precious. They've had they big-time, you know, highly ranked guys come in there, and they haven't been quite as good as they are right now. And he mentioned, man, we got very lucky with Kendrick Davis and the transfer portal and everything coming together because he's totally changed the – culture and the locker room and the the feeling of we can we can win we are going to win not we can when we are going to win that has been changed by Kendrick Davis he's put up great numbers his four years at SMU's never made the tournament and he came to Memphis saying we're going to change that we're making the NCAA tournament and I'm not going to let us fail that mentality like they Louisville doesn't have a guy like that right yeah and I, I only say all of that to add Kansas State into the mix. Because in my opinion, the fact that they got Newell on that team and he kept him, because he wasn't the guy who brought him in, it was the year before, but they right. kept him as a key piece. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how many guys are off the team. All right, This is Kansas State. Caller mentioned how bad they've been previous years. Let's, let's go through roster of guys who left. All right, I'm going to do this quick. And some of these names I'm going to fly through because there's a lot of them, all right? Uh, McGill graduated. Edwards, transferred to George Washington. Miguel, transferred to South Florida. Lewis to Rice. Uh, Lingard Jr. to UTSA. Mark Smith, he graduated, went to play uh, in Germany. Uh, a walk-on that transferred. Uh, Harris, a walk-on that transferred. I'm not even going to try and say his name. Sam Houston State. Davion Bradford is playing at Wake Forest. Uh, Luke Kazabuke. Uh, Wake for, or uh, uh, Illinois State, uh, another walk-on that left the team for personal reasons. Nigel Pack transferred to Miami. Logan Landers transferred to, to Grand Canyon. This is a basketball team. Hang on, how many guys are that? Two, four, six, eight, ten. There's only two 12. guys back. That's 14 guys off the team. 14. And he revamped the roster, leaving literally one guy. That's what you can do with the transfer portal. That is the new college basketball. And I think coaches are just – I mean, I look at Memphis. They're old. They are old. DeAndre Williams is 26 years old. That's not an exaggeration. He's 26. They got grad transfers. They got – you know, they, they should have a bunch of PhDs on that team. That That is going to continue. You know, you look at what Kentucky's doing. They, they're trying to get old and stay old. You know, this is this team here that Jerome Tang has assembled, veteran, tough dudes that fit together well. And then they had that one key piece. So the, the revamp can happen quickly. Um, I would expect, totally my opinion, I got no inside scoop here, I would expect the changes at the end of this season to be as drastic on the, on the same level as the changes that I'm talking about with Kansas State. Let's get uh, Sandra in here. Sandra, welcome into the drive. on What's up? Sandra. Come on. Are you there? I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Or ma'am. So excuse okay. me. Yes, yeah. I'm ma'am. Thank you. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's okay. I just had a quick follow-up with you in regards to um, when you make the statement about KP, um, you know, I, I think you want him to take more ownership in, in terms of what's gone wrong. Uh, you said he, I guess, blaming the kids too much or something like that to that effect. Am I right? So, yeah, something like that. Just a little bit more explicit. Yeah. Like, I, he can be critical of them all he wants. I would just like him to sort of bring it back around. The, yeah. But ultimately, it's my responsibility, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But my question is how – I don't know. I think he's in a tough spot because, I, you, you know, the core that came back – you know, the coach that recruited him couldn't get anything out of him. Yeah. And to expect, I guess, you know, KT was supposed or KP was supposed to work magic and get, you know, you can push and push, but if it's not there, it's not there. And I just honestly think there is some talent there, but not to the level that it needs to be to be a Power 5 D1 conference, you know, type caliber players. To be in the ACC, so, certainly, yes. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think. And I think, you know, 
I've called in before, and I always hone in on that one after post-game statement that Mac said that, you know, they practice hard in, pra- uh, in practice, but he didn't know what he was going to get during the game. And it never made sense to me then. I'm like, how can you not know what you're going to get during the game? But it makes sense now because they're under the, another coach, and the same thing is happening. They say they practice hard, you know. Um, and I honestly think when KP came in and did his talent evaluation or whatever, you know, they, they put on a effort in front of him enough to make him possibly believe he had enough enough to work with to get him to, you know, 10, 12 wins or this, whatever. Right? Yeah. 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 I think he kind of thought that. And then, like, like Max, when they get out there during the game, he doesn't know what he's going to get. And it's not an excuse. It just is what it is. It's two different coaches and the same results are happening. And, you know, I understand. Uh-oh. Uh, I think we lost her. Oh, man. Okay. Sandra, oh. thank you for the call. And it's actually three I think the coaches point got made. To, yeah. uh, to that point. You know, Mike Pegues, there wasn't some kind of crazy turnaround at the end of the year. You know, I'm never going to be somebody that, you know, acts like I could do it better or, you know, that I could coach these guys. Like, I see practice. And I see them going through things that I think should make a difference out there. And it's just kind of not getting through to the guys, and and that's on coach ultimately. Like you have to be able to put these guys in positions day in and day out where they can sharpen their strengths and start to get better with their weaknesses or at least hide them, disguise them, so they don't show up over and over again. And this team hasn't done that. They, They just don't seem to be progressing. And I think that's what people are looking at and saying, man, this is tough because we're not we're not getting better. We're st- we're actually going the wrong direction with things like turnovers. And I will say this, Luke. I would not be shocked at all if there's really heavy turnover on this roster, and there's only a, you know a couple of guys that come back next year, and they're they're quite a bit better. I you know I I do think like the best coaching job anyone could do wouldn't turn this team into. Kansas State or anything like I I, I think that why? that's accurate. Why they were picked I don't at the bottom much to work with. of the big to- not much to work with. They they had fourteen guys leave the team. No, I'm saying this Louisville team. There's not as much to work with. I think he did a good job assembling a team with way more uh, turnover. You know, they only brought back two guys. If this was a totally new roster, I'd be a little bit more harder on Kenny. Okay, right. uh, that's fair. Okay, I, I was uh, I missed what you were saying on the first go round there. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. I want us to talk uh, about that football schedule that was released yesterday, and then we're going to be joined by Roddy Jones to do the same thing here because uh, basically the flip side of this conversation, I'm struggling to contain my optimism uh, for next year. On the drive on Thunderville, we'll be right back.